And we are back right here on the number one rated business show. I'm your host today, Kevin C. Pride. KC Pride to the world. How y'all doing out there? All over Atlanta and all over the world. We got folks all over Georgia listening today. We are breaking some very, 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 very huge news uh, down there in South Georgia today. And we will get into that a little bit later in the program. Got a few announcements for you. Just in case you're out in the Douglasville area, I want you to go over to Studio 1211. And I want you to go see my personal barber. Uh, he is right there at 6405 Fairburn Road. You can call and schedule an appointment at 770-485-6772. Ask for Melvin. Tell him KC Pride sent you, and he will even give you a free cut. And I told you I pay a lot for my cuts. Uh, let's see. Uh, also, joining us a little bit later in the program today, uh, all the way from down in South Georgia, uh, we got a, a just a it's a huge thing uh, uh, brewing down there. But uh, we got the next mayor, uh, Shana Boston, uh, will be joining us right here on the program a little bit uh, later today. So I want everybody down there in Swainsboro uh, to stay tuned. Uh, also, you can join me, the rock star branding himself, uh, October 26th through the 30th at the Comeback Champion Summit. Uh, this is a free virtual summit. Uh, you can go online and uh, get you uh, registered to uh, be a part. We got great folks like George Fraser, uh, Casey Pride, uh, Casey Pride, uh, Casey Pride, and some other folks gonna be a part. So <laughs> uh, please, please uh, make sure uh, y'all join me for the uh, champion, the Comeback Champion Summit. Uh, you can go to comebackchampionsummit.com. All my friends, follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, just click that link, and we can get you connected. Mm. Joining me to the program, uh, he is a part of a group that is doing some some amazing work. Uh, this is uh, a very, very new concept, uh, but I'm going to let him explain it. Uh, the group that he is working with is called Neighbor MD, and they are helping make sure that everybody in our community, whether you insure it or not, are, are getting the medical care that you need. So joining me to the program today, Dr. Joel Isom. How are we doing, Dr. Isom? Uh, very good, very good. How about yourself? Uh, we're doing wonderful, man. Yes, sir. Now, tell, before, before we get into Navy MD, tell everybody a little bit about your specialty, uh, what uh, uh, type of medicine that you practice, and a little bit about your background. Yes, sir. So I practice internal medicine, uh, but uh, uh, we are uh, a group that uh, uh, practices uh, or, or what is traditionally called uh, primary care physician. Uh, and so that's just a little bit about neighbor MD. Uh, but myself, I originally from Thompson, Georgia, a little city by Augusta, Georgia. Uh, All right. I went to uh, school at Morehouse. Okay. Uh, and uh, I went to Nashville for uh, medical school wow. at uh, Meharry. Uh, and so um, I stayed there about 16 years. I met my wife, and uh, she's also a physician. Okay. Uh, Miss Erica Isom, or Dr. Erica Isom. And so. Uh, she brought me back home because she's originally from Atlanta. All right. So uh, we're, we're back here and uh, loving it, loving it. Now, 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 tell us a little bit about this uh, initiative that you guys have started, uh, this Neighbor MD. Tell us a little bit about that and what you got going on. Yes, sir. So, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, we're seeing uh, in medicine is that we, we need to get back to 
uh, having patients come in to the primary care physician. And, um, of course, that's the bridge way that we utilize to um, go to our specialty clinics and things of this nature. Um, but some patients may not know, you know, where they can go, and, and they may not feel that their insurance is taking care of them. And so uh, what we're trying to reach out to are not just the young, but even the older patient that may be, you know, behind, especially in this time of COVID, we want patients to come back in and make sure that they're taking care of uh, their other diseases or diseases they may not know. Uh, and so that's, uh, you know, ultra important um, that, that they find out things before because there are some things that may, uh, you know, potentiate uh, other diseases and uh, we want to take care of them. And so that's, uh, you know, our mission uh, to, to, to look back and, and, and grab some of those patients that may not know what's going on. And this is a big opportunity at this point. Wow. Now, now as we start to talk about COVID, because it, it is it's seriously a huge issue, uh, especially in our community and so many people not being vaccinated. Uh, number one, what's, what's, what's the thing that we need to be uh, at this point? Uh, we have new strains, people are being reinfected, even people uh, that have been vaccinated. We're seeing evidence that uh, they're starting to uh, also be infected again. So what are some things that in our community uh, that NeighborMD is, is kind of talking about and what do we need to be doing? Yeah, so, of course, we promote uh, definitely getting vaccinated. We understand that this uh, infection is going to mutate uh, in those patients that uh, are not vaccinated. Uh, and uh, it's a way, uh, of course, a, a virus wants to survive. And so how does it survive? If we make something to prevent it from living, then it's going to say, hey, let me change so that I can get into someone who has not been infected or uh, maybe trying to do some protection. How do I get around that? And so what we have to do is to be proactive in getting patients and letting them know the pros uh, of getting the uh, vaccine to help protect not only themselves, but the next person. Of course, you know, with school um, starting up, this sort of thing um, has, has continued on as it may go through the schools and children, but then those parents that aren't vaccinated, then they come into contact with those children, and then that's a way that it spreads again. Wow. Uh, and so we have to be careful with that. So Now, now, even though, you know, everybody is so uh, uh, terrified about this COVID thing and, and what's going on, uh, what are, are some of those just regular things that we need to be thinking about in our communities? Uh, because, you know, I was thinking about COVID uh, and this type of stuff, and I was having issues from it, uh, but I was never thinking about the fact, uh, you're diabetic, dude. You're 40-something years old, uh, and now you got diabetes. Yeah. And uh, and un honestly, I found it out through having COVID. Wow. Yeah. So most of us are not really taking care of ourselves like we should. Correct, correct. Uh, we are not, you know, going to the doctor. We're not, you know, having those regular visits. Uh, so what, what, what does our community need to start thinking? And that's exactly what we're talking about. That's what uh, Neighbor MD is, is uh, all about, trying to, uh, let the patient know, hey, they, that you want to know about yourself before this infection gets you. You don't want to be in that situation. There are certain diseases that are associated uh, or have a higher propensity to uh, potentiate the uh, effects of COVID, including diabetes, uh, including obesity. And so that's, that's what we want the patient to know, and we're there for them. So we say, hey, here's the opportunity um, we've got some great uh, insurances that we work with, um, like I said, for the young, for the old. Um, and as we get older, that's another thing that uh, our patients that are older than 65, you know, we, we see an increased uh, chance in those patients because they may have multiple diseases. Okay. Uh, they may know about them or, again, they may not. And that's what we're there for. And then also, uh, I, I, I think really, because I, I really didn't understand this myself, 
uh, heredity. Yeah. Uh, how important it is to start oh, to really yes. understand. Yes. Because, like, uh, you know, my father, of course, being a black man, mm-hmm. uh, high blood pressure. Yes, sir. He uh, passed away from a stroke. Uh, he gave me diabetes, too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, the, the the bigger thing about that is is just that heredity. I, yeah. I think yeah. folks really just don't connect those dots and they don't really think about, hey, this runs in my family. Yes. I need to be thinking about yes, that. Yes, yes. You're, you're so right. Um, so many things factoring in to, to those diseases. But, um, you know, hereditary, uh, same thing happened to me. My Both of my parents, I, uh, I developed hypertension, and there they sat, and I said, well, what? how old were you? And, the, and in their 30s, you know, and there it hit me as well. Um, but we definitely want to recognize those sort of things, and not just the diabetes or hypertension, but things uh, like cancer as well. So we have to recognize that these things uh, come in the family, and uh, that's why you want to get in. If your family member has that disease, you say, hey, well, let me go and speak to a doctor about that. Um, and, and and see if I have that or or the potential to have that and try to prevent it from getting worse. Uh, and, and that's the key. You're, you're absolutely right. We have to do that more so in the community, uh, approach our uh, patients uh, once they get in and, and ask those uh, serious questions to, to help prevent disease. So uh, I also want to bring a, uh, another voice into this conversation. Yeah, sure. Uh, because uh, uh, not only, you know, uh, we need to be thinking about it once we, you know, get to a certain age or, or get to a certain level. But we also need to be thinking about it and having this health plan from a, a, a young age, too, right? Yes, sir. So uh, I also want to uh, introduce and welcome to the show Dr. Monica Moore. She is a uh, pediatrician uh, here in the Atlanta area. Uh, everyone, please welcome Dr. Monica Monroe. I'm, I'm sorry, Moore. <laughs> Moore. <laughs> hello, hello. How are you? Good afternoon. Oh, I am doing wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Kevin. No, me and Joel were just sitting here having this conversation, uh, and, and I love that you're a pediatrician to ask you about heredity and stuff because everybody's so uh, still so concerned and, and so caught up with the COVID era and everything that's going on. You know, it's still regular stuff that's out here killing us too, right? It really is, and I think that's a really imp- important piece that people need to recognize, and having a medical home is something that we continue to strive for our patients to have and recognizing the need for coming in for their well visits. Um, I will say that the age that we have the most challenging time getting our patients in is that adolescent age. They, you know, just rather not come be seen when they're in that, when they're the babies and moms are bringing them. But when they get to be adolescents, they get busy, but we really need to be seeing them. And I'll tell people as a pediatrician, I see kids from the cradle to college. And so we really want to make sure that they recognize the importance of a medical home and recognizing the lifestyle that they lead. And as we as parents, modeling that behavior and showing them what healthy looks like, eating healthy, exercising, how it plays a huge factor into longevity of life. No, and, and I love how you said setting that example, modeling that behavior, because uh, trust me, if uh, you're eating cookies, your baby going to be eating cookies too. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll tell them all the time, they're not old enough to go to the store, so I know that they didn't bring that in here. <laughs> I know that's right. Now, now uh, uh, please, Dr. Moore, tell us a little bit more. Uh, 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 about your practice and where you're located and how long you've been uh, practicing medicine? So I'm originally from um, Pensacola, Florida. I attended Baylor University, um, came to Atlanta, attended Moore Hospital of Medicine where I got my medical degree, went back to Florida and um, got my res- did residency there and then came back to the Atlanta area and have been here for the past 13 years. Um, I have transitioned part of my practice to a virtual practice, um, but I also do see patients in various offices throughout the Atlanta area, but it's been 
a tremendous journey, very grateful to be able to take care of the children um, and their families because it really is not just about taking care of the child, but it's a, a family unit, and I really believe in engaging with my families. I really believe in the connection and the community that we, um, that we put around them. Wow. Now, uh, uh, Joel, tell us a little bit. Uh, do you work with any uh, pediatric patients or— you just get no, the parents. We're, we're <laughs> <laughs> we capture the, the, the parents, uh, 18 and up, um, um, till, till the, the end of uh, life cycle. So, uh, But uh, we have uh, our three locations uh, in Atlanta as well, um, uh, or in the Atlanta area. We have one in Noonan, uh, one in the College Park Camp Creek area, and uh, one in downtown Atlanta. So. Now, now I, I love the fact that I have both of you guys here, and, and I want to pose this question to both of you. How important uh, this this new concept of having a healthcare team, you know, uh, and everybody's got a plan for everything. So, how important is it, uh, you know, having a family, having children? Is is it important to start having some type of health plan for your family now? Like, this is how we're gonna live. We're gonna exercise. We're gonna do this type of thing. Is that important to start uh, uh, with your family? And I'll start with you. Uh, uh, Joe? Yes. Uh, just like you said, hey, um, you know, these hereditary uh, traits that, that happen in your family, but also, just like you said, the cookie thing, okay? Hey, you know, we have to start at uh, early age with our kids to let them know, hey, this may not be the best thing for you to eat. Okay. Hey, let's pick up that water bottle instead of the soda all the time. Uh, and, and that's, you know, for, for the kids to understand that these things may cause some problems, for them to recognize as well, too, that there's some hereditary things and there's some things that my doctor has told me that I need to be telling my children because I need to watch out for them as well. So it's very good to have a, a, that plan and to, um, to instill it into the children at an early age. Yes, sir. Dr. Moore? I truly agree and echo, and echo the sentiments. You know, modeling the behavior, setting the foundation, laying those building blocks from nutrition from infancy on, and again, um, you know, not just telling them what to do, but showing them what to do, and also not signaling them out and saying, well, it's just you that have to make the lifestyle changes. But no, we as a family are going to make these decisions for ourselves and for our future, the legacy that we'll leave, and also recognizing that it's just not for now, that it's for later. Making it fun, right? So nobody wants to do something that's boring all the time, so kind of switching it up, bike riding. I love skating. I love dancing. I love doing all those types of things. And I love doing them with my daughter. I have a seven-year-old daughter, and we do all those things together. So I think that sense of connection um, is really important. I know that through COVID, we've learned so much about how to pivot <laughs> and how to do things differently and how to work out at home. But I think just modeling that behavior so that they mirror what they see and they have fun doing it and see the benefits of it. No, that, that, that's so true. Because uh, even myself, uh, I was a little bit unhealthy. I was eating cookies, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, seriously. But when I actually made the change, uh, uh, and we're like, when I started to change my diet, I'm vegan now. Once I found out I was diabetic, you know, I got serious. So uh, I, I'm vegan now. Uh, I'm, I eat the keto stuff. It don't taste all that great. Most of it tastes like dirt. I ain't going to lie to y'all. Everything based around peanut butter. I don't know what the deal with that is. But no, seriously, uh, just changing that lifestyle. But now my kids are changing their lifestyle. You know, a lot of times instead of a, 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 a bowl of ice cream, they want a protein shake or something like that. So I, I definitely uh, agree with you uh, uh, as far as setting an example and being that role model. Uh, from a family standpoint, uh, who all needs to be a part of this healthcare team now? Well, I mean, exactly, you know, of course you, you say, hey, 
you know, the doctors are, are there, but you have to include, you know, the different doctors. You know, hey, if you, if you decide to go to a family physician, if you decide to have an internal medicine, if you have a pediatrician, all of those are going to be necessary, um, especially if you're caring for, you know, children um, yourself. You know, uh, this is the team that, that is needed. And then, of course, they can lead you to the other doctors that may be necessary um, if, if your treatment plan calls for it. So, um, and of course, you know, the, the, the clinic team, of course, you may work with other um, personnel in the, in the hospital or the clinic, um, you know, staff, nursing, um, they can also communicate. And that's very important to get to know your doctor and build that rapport. Oh, yeah. Dr. Moore? And I agree. The, the team, it depends on what the needs are. And I believe in whole wellness, so the mental health, the spiritual health, the physical health. So it depends on what that particular family is in need of and being able to attend to all of those needs specifically and then checking in on a regular basis and recognizing that um, we are all trying to be on the same team for that individual and just making sure that they're, you know, going to their appointments, keeping their appointments, following up with their appointments. I think it's really important as providers that we are very explicit in our languaging and our messaging to Mm -hmm. our families so that they really fully understand the plan. And so asking them to repeat it back to you so that they will understand. Because sometimes I have talked to families and they're intimidated and they don't want to ask particular questions, but you have to be an advocate for yourself. And so you have to be an advocate for your family. So asking those questions when it doesn't make sense or even, you know, asking that there are alternate ways that we can do certain things. And so that that opens up the dialogue so that you as a family, as a person, as a family member and as a patient feel, you know, a sense of, you know, that you're entitled to that information. Oh, yes, I, I, I definitely agree 100 uh, percent. And uh, Linda Mitchell uh, is coming uh, on Facebook. She said exercise is the key. Uh, I agree. <laughs> exercise it is the key. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks so, so much. Shout out, Linda Mitchell. Thank you for uh, tuning in to the number one rated business show. Now, uh, another thing I definitely want to uh, talk about today, too, uh, mental health, because uh, we got some issues, all of us, like for real, all of us. Uh, I, and I'll admit it, I'm the first one. Yeah, I got some, too. Uh, but, you know, mental health, and then we're starting to see it even at a lot younger age. Uh, and then especially right now, uh, y'all had to excuse me. Uh, just one second. Uh Baby, you is on air with everybody. <laughs> Dad is doing his radio show. Okay? <laughs> I will call you back. <laughs> but, no. <laughs> you know how your child, they'll call you, and then they just call, 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 and they won't stop calling until you answer. That's what she's going to do. That's right, that's right. So it's either we can sit up here and watch her call for the rest of the show, or let me go on here and talk to her. <laughs> right. But, no. Uh, uh, I forgot. <laughs> Uh, the exercising, uh, being the example. What was we at in the show? I forget. Mental health. Mental health. See, right. you're affecting my mental health today. Y'all see why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but mental health. Uh, with so many kids now starting to have have some issues. Uh, and and with you being that pediatrician, like, what are some of the things? Because you know, a lot of times parents can get offensive uh, when you say, "Hey, your child seems depressed," or your child seems like they may have some issues. Uh, what, what what are some things that you uh, do or deal with parents when you start to recognize some of those? some of those things and then the other side of that what what would be some things that we need to uh recognize and that's a very good question and you're very right about there being a lot more increase in the mental health diagnosis i recently read a statistic that nearly 20 percent of teens experience depression before they reach adulthood um and then talking about in a 
talking about that, you know, having that conversation. And there are some objective measures that we use in the pediatric office that we're able to actually look and see and determine whether or not this child meets the criteria for depression. And I will say that pre-COVID, when I was doing one, one in particular, it's called a PHQ-9, and it asked specific questions about feeling down about themselves, feeling hopeless, even having thoughts of suicide. I have more positive responses now than I ever had prior to COVID. Wow. And it's really an opportunity to really sit down and have that conversation. Now you have an objective measure of what's going on, but opening up that dialogue and talking to the family and talking to the child about what may have triggered it and getting them the necessary help that they need. And so I think it's really important that we kind of erase the stigma as it relates to mental illness because so many times people are afraid to seek help because they think that seeking help is a sign of weakness, but it's really a sign of an awareness and being aware of what's going on and getting the help that you need so that you can thrive in life and so that you can identify and recognize when there are certain things going on in your life that need to be addressed. Now, uh, uh, another thing, and I want to pose this to you, uh, uh, Dr. Eisen, um, men mm-hmm. is dealing with a lot of depression and stuff at this day and age uh, and having a lot of issues. Uh, uh, and now we're starting to see where, where some folks are starting to come out uh, and starting to talk about it. Right. But how do you address men when you're starting to see, all right, this guy's starting to have some issues, uh, and this is past, you might be upset about this, that and other things like how do you start to address that with some of your male patients and and of course uh, we use the same uh, form of questioning even in our adult patients to okay. get that information um, from the patient uh, but of course uh, trying to build that rapport trying to relate with the patient to, to make it of ease because so many times you're right uh, our uh, men and, and especially our african-american men um, may not come out with that information or may um, feel like uh, if I do, then I may be, it may be a sign of weakness or so. And so um, they try to hold on to those things. But uh, we are seeing more of that, you know, um, in our sports community and, and, and all of the communities, you know, coming out with, uh, you know, hey, you know, I'm dealing with depression and things. But we have to be open-minded uh, and, and change that, uh, that thought process that we used to have. And, and the doctor has to be willing to go after that information and, and work with the patient and, and make them feel comfortable. Well, if you don't mind, if I can hold you guys uh, over the break and let's uh, 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 just go a little bit deeper into this conversation because I, I also want to hear from you, Dr. Moore, uh, uh, to talk about some of the boys and, and some of the issues that we're starting to see in them uh, this day and age. So if I can get you guys to hold on uh, right after this break, we'll be right back with the No One Rated Business Show. The Overground Railroad has promoted economic development in the black community. Now more than ever is the time to come together and join this movement to economic freedom. The Overground Railroad online and print business directory puts you in front of your customers and keeps our dollars in the black community. It's time. Become a member today. Information at OvergroundRR.com. That's OvergroundRR.com. Connecting our churches, our businesses, and our community. Join the Overground Railroad today. Hi, this is Dr. Williams with Align for Life Wellness. I want to invite you to our new office at 1800 Jonesboro Road in Atlanta. Come in for a consultation, examination, therapy, and x-ray, all for just $100. What? Yes, $100. This offer expires soon, so call us to schedule at 404 404- 
383-1110 or find us on the web at www.yourfinespine.com. If you want to be fine, take care of your spine. We're open late. And now, an important message from Steve Harvey. This pandemic isn't over yet. We got the vaccines. I got mine. You might have yours. But listen to this. Don't think just because you got the vaccine that you could just go crazy. Follow the current safety guidelines. I know the mask is hot. But you know what's hotter than these masks? Staying healthy. That's pretty fly, you ask me. Let's unite to prevent. For more information, visit unitetoprevent.org. And we are back right here on the number one radio business show. I'm your host, KC Pride, uh, right here on the Real 1100 AM. Uh, thank y'all so much for joining us. Uh, before the break, we was having a conversation about uh, male depression, uh, and we were we were talking about it from a uh, from a, 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 a grown folk doctor <laughs> standpoint, uh, and then also, uh, like I said, I wanted to dig in and, and talk about it from a, a, a younger perspective, uh, Doctor Moore. Uh, if you'll, you'll uh, just kind of join this conversation a little bit for us, uh, you know, one of the biggest things, boys and men right now don't really need, I, I, I mean, they don't really know how to be right now. Uh, and, and that's one of the biggest things that I hear all the time. It's like we don't really know how we're supposed to act. And, and really, it's hard on these young boys. Uh, a lot of us already was, was raised without a father. And that's hard enough when you have never really seen an example of a man. Uh, but with these young folks growing up now, <clears throat> with all these emotional problems and things like this, uh, it's really hard on these young boys, and they don't know how to act. They don't know how to be. Masculinity is is, is starting to change. You know, I'm back from the the '80s area, uh, era. You know, it was cool to be macho man. You know, uh, but now it ain't cool no more. Don't nobody like macho man. So, uh, uh, Dr. Moore, if you're just joining into the conversation a little bit, and just just kind of. Let us know from a, a, a medical perspective, but uh, about these young men when you start to see this depression and stuff. Yeah, it's a very good conversation to have because I think that we often just think about young girls dealing with low self-esteem, but our young boys are also dealing with self-esteem and a need to please others and a need to overperform and a need to be perfection. And so I think that's one of the conversations that is really important that we have and that we tease out, like, where is this coming from? Where, um, you know, what sparked it, what triggered it, and then how do they properly address it. And I think that oftentimes a lot of what happens is the conversations that they're having with their with their peers, they feel that they're the only one that might be dealing with something, so they don't want to talk openly about it. Um, and we, you know, we all know that, you know, a lot of men, unfortunately, aren't able to adequately affect, um, express themselves emotionally. And this truly has an effect on all of their relationships, the relationship with their partner, the relationship with, with their children. And I think giving them permission to be able to feel and giving them permission to be able to talk and to be vulnerable and to be transparent is something that we need to do with our young boys just like we do with our young girls. Wow. Um, this, this is probably going to be a hard one. I, I, and I apologize to everybody watching online. Uh, uh, we, we had a few little quick technical difficulties. Uh, 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 I'm going to pose this one to uh, you, Dr. Joe. How many are supposed to be now, <laughs> how, how are many supposed to be? Now, and, 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 and just from a, a different level, seriously, because it's a different level of expectation on us, first of all. Uh, so being a black professional man, 
uh, you know, you've gone to school uh, and, 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 you know, all this type of stuff. So how are we supposed to be kind of presenting ourselves in, in society and this type of stuff as men in this day and age from, from your perspective? Well, I think, uh, you know, this, this um, it probably is a tough question um, because we have so many different aspects and so many changes that, uh, you know, people will say, hey, I, I want to be this way. I want to be different. Um, but in the professional world, I mean, you know, we just are, are supposed to uh, present ourselves um, as a welcoming person, um, not um, overpowering, but uh, we still need to show that we do um, command some power uh, in what we do and be focused. I mean, I, I think uh, from, from me going through uh, school and, and being at Morehouse and being, you know, there uh, in Nashville for those years, just showing that uh, we're committed to what we're, we're um, and dedicated to what we're trying to do um, in, in your own profession. And so it, it's tough because, uh, you know, so many things, so many uh, um, avenues and so many distractions can happen to you. Um, but uh, we definitely uh, need to just stay focused uh, and, and be dedicated to what we're, we're trying to do. It's how I lined up to Erica Gay. I'm that, that <laughs> <answer>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm messing with you. But uh, no, I, I, I get it because uh, a, a lot of times, like I said, it, it's rough nowadays. Yes. And a lot of folks are not raised in this way, and the dynamics of everything in this world is really changing. Yes. Uh, 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 Dr. Moore, just real quick, uh, and, and last point on the, on the mental health part. What, 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 what's a healthy mental uh, pattern? Or, or, or what's a healthy uh, uh, way to raise our children this day and age with so much uh, going on as far as you know, mental health? And it's such a big conversation. You know, because yeah. sometimes I'm like, if y'all just wouldn't talk about this stuff all the time. <laughs> but uh, but but what is a, a healthy way to be right now? Right. And that's a very good question. And as a parent, you know, I always tell my, my families that, you know, there's a lot of parenting books out there, but your child didn't come with their own book. Right. So their child didn't come with their own set. And so just really trying to, to be as nurturing, as compassionate, as intentional in your relationship with your children is so important. And I think it's so important that we not only listen to their verbal cues about what's going on, but also their nonverbal cues. If they are, you know, isolating themselves, if they're showing signs that they're really angry all the time, if they're doubting themselves, just being able to really be in tune with what's going on with your child. I and mean, really the only way to do that is to have that connection, to form that bond, to have that open dialogue, to have that relationship that they feel comfortable they can come to you with any and everything no matter what without any shame, without any guilt, without any judgment. And so that helps us to be able to raise emotionally intelligent children so that they can go on and thrive in life and that they will then be able to have healthy relationships outside of the parent-child relationship. Now, now, now tell us a little bit, uh, a little bit more about your practice before we let you get you, uh, before we let you get back to your patients, because I know they told me uh, <laughs> uh, at first, look, she got patients starting at three thirty. I don't care about no interview. All right. <laughs> so uh, just tell well, us a little bit more that. about your practice. Right. So I do have a virtual pediatric practice where I can I see patients. Um, remotely from the comfort of their own home wow. so they're able to be able to see me um that way if they're having any um particular non non-life-threatening non-emergent uh, situations i also have uh several programs within um, my practice one specifically that i'm very passionate about is my weight management program we kind of talked about what has happened as related to covid has the mental health aspect of it but also we've seen so many people turn to food as their coping mechanism and just so many children and adults 
and, you know, having an increase in their weight. And so working with the entire family to establish healthy practices and healthy behaviors as it relates to um, food and exercise. So um, the website that you can find out more information about me is premierwellnesspediatrics.com. Again, that is premierwellnesspediatrics.com. My name is Dr. Monica Moore, and I'm so grateful for you having me on today to talk a little bit about our children and what um, what we can do to help better them have a better life. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for joining the program. Uh, one more time, uh, please, please give us that website one more time because I got folks already asking. Uh, what's her name? What's her <laughs> name? Uh, so yeah. If you'll just give that information just one more time for me. Yes, it is Premier, P-R-E-M-I-E-R, Wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S, Pediatrics, P-E-D-I-A-T-R-I-C-S, dot com. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Moore. Uh, Dr. Joel. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, right before we let you get out of here, sir, uh, <laughs> if you would please tell us a little bit more about Neighbor MD, you know, all the folks that y'all help, uh, some of the communities you serve and things like that. Uh, uh, just go. Yes, sir. So um, not to uh, give too much information, um, uh, but we do want to let you know. You're on radio. You need to give too much information. <laughs> 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 I'm going to have to put him on here with a politician. They'll show you how to do it. As soon as you open the door for him. How? And this is my platform. And it was. <laughs> so, but we, we do want to let you know that we do uh, have uh, three uh, clinics, uh, one in Noonan, uh, one again in downtown Atlanta, uh, that's our main office, and then one in uh, the Camp Creek area. Uh, the one downtown uh, is uh, 285 Boulevard Northeast, uh, Suite 435. The telephone number you can use is 404-222-9914. Okay. Uh, and you can look us up online at uh, neighbormd.com. Now, uh, real quick, what 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 all type of because it, it's not just it's a whole group of you guys. Yes. Now, do you cover all the specialties and everything, or is it just? So, of course, um, you know, being the primary care, um, of course, when you come in, we assess everything. Uh, you know, we we're the person that you say, hey, this is the starting of the plan, uh, okay. and if we need to use um, uh, other specialties, then we can uh, consult those for the patient or put in a referral for the patient. Um, but we try to take care as uh, as much as we can uh, for the patient, and uh, we have uh, uh, another doctor that worked with us uh, as a couple of uh, uh, nurse practitioners as well. And so uh, we're we're growing to uh, feed uh, to, to meet the needs of our patients, and so um, we're maybe even expanding in the future. So okay. um, we're just. Um, grateful for uh, this opportunity to, to express us uh, ourselves uh, to, to uh, Atlanta and let them know that we're here uh, and uh, welcome. All right. Now, um, right before you go, because we still got a few more minutes, okay. uh, give me some, some, some tips for a healthy lifestyle. Like, what do you guys uh, 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 recommend as far as, like, a healthy diet, uh, being healthy right now? Because right. uh, one, one of the biggest things that I found, uh, a lot of times you really just don't know. It's a, it, it could be stuff going on with you. Of course. Uh, and you're feeling bad, but you ain't really equating it to, hey, this might be a medical problem. Right. Uh, I'm just tired. Right. Oh, I'm just grumpy. Right. I'm just aggravated. Right. Because I found when my blood sugar was dropping, mm-hmm. uh, I was getting aggravated all the time. Right. And I thought, oh, well, I just got some type of attitude issue or something like that. <laughs> uh, I'm glad that ain't what it was. That's right. Because <laughs> we, fi- we fixed that part. Right, right. Uh, but, you know, just what, what what are some of those things that we need to do so we can start being healthy? Yeah, so, and of course, uh, a lot of this may start with, you know, uh, talking to your um, uh, primary care physician. Um, but 
if we look at the um, specifics, we talk about diabetes, we talk about cholesterol, we talk about high blood pressure, and, and we just want to um, tell patients to do things in moderation because so many times we're overdoing it and some things are tricky. You know, you think, hey, doc, I'm not eating that fried chicken. I'm not uh, eating that cake all the time. No, I'm not doing that. But then there are foods that trick us so many times that we we, we love, you know. Well, oh, let me tell you something now. Yeah. I got off that fried chicken. <laughs> okay, I got off that fried chicken. I got off the uh, I got off the steak. I got off all of it. Right, now I like right. a stripper. Right. I'm just saying. <laughs> just I got the eight. Yeah, I'm I, proud of it. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we have to remind patients that there are other foods that uh, can be confusing to them. You know, rice, pasta. Oh yeah. Uh, you know these things. You say, oh well, I'm going to add that. You know, but it may turn into something else. It may turn into sugar. Um, we talk about, you know, dairy products and, and, and how f- much fat they may contain, and that's going to add to your cholesterol. Uh, this leads to atherosclerotic disease, and, and, and so we have to be careful with what we're doing and then include exercise. And so it's a, uh, a full complement of, of, of both uh, things, and we have to be careful. And you have to talk to your doctor about the specifics uh, because they are going to be specific for, for that patient. Uh, and then, of course, doing that exercise is so key. Uh-huh. So um, we definitely want to uh, get patients in to, to let them know what is going to be the best regimen. And every regimen is not the same for everybody, and, and that's what we need to, to let them know. But um, just starting and wanting to get in there and, and, and do those healthy lifestyles is, is oh, yeah. key. That's the start. Oh, yeah. And, and I promise you, and, and, and day one suck. <laughs> day 15 get a little bit easier. <laughs> right. Uh, once you get about n- uh, three, four months out, right, right. man, you feel so much better. That's right. Yeah, it, it, right. It's one of those type things. It's like uh, I used to smoke cigarettes when I was younger. Right. I, I admit it. Right. Uh, but it's one of those type things. It's like why you in it? You can't mm-hmm. tell. Right. And of course, can't nobody ever ever uh, uh, convince you this is the cigarettes mm-hmm. making you feel this way. Right. Okay. But six months later. Like man, I can't believe I used to feel that bad. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? You know, I was uh having that problem. You know, exactly. Right, right, right. So definitely, I mean, you know, uh, just recognizing those things and 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 knowledge is so key for for patients. Um, oh, that really is going on. Yes, that's what's causing this to to happen. And so that's the the point to get in, uh, speak with your doctor, uh, and don't be afraid. Don't don't let those. uh, old ways of thinking uh, creep in and uh, say, hey, I'm going to make a change. We're going to start brand new. Oh, yeah. Uh, one more time before we let you go. Uh, if anybody in those areas wants to uh, get in contact get in contact with you guys, wants to support you, how can people uh, get in contact with NeighborMD? Best uh, way is to, to go online uh, and, and just type in NeighborMD, uh, N-E-I-N. G H um dot com and uh, also you can use the telephone number okay. uh, the four oh four uh two 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 nine nine one four. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well uh once again Dr. Uh, Joel Eisen, thank you so much for uh, being a part of the number one rated business show, man. And uh, we we got to have you back, man, because there's so much other stuff in medicine we yes, need to talk about. Yes, yes, yes. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. We'll be uh, right back after this. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. himself said it best. Collectively, that means all of us together, collectively we are richer than all the nations in the world with the exception of nine. Did you ever think about that? 
American Negro collectively is richer than most nations of the world. That power right there, if we know how to prove it. And we know how to pool it. Join the journey for economic freedom for the black community. The Overground Railroad. Visit OvergroundRR.com. At Align for Life, we work with attorneys across the entire metro area. We are a portal of entry provider, meaning we can ensure your client is triaged accordingly and coordinate all aspects of your client's chiropractic and medical care from start to finish, including referrals to medical doctors, specialists, and imaging. This is Dr. Fowler. Your injury clients deserve the best transportation, extended hours, and compliance monitoring. We understand your needs. Refer your injury and accident victims right now by calling us at 404-383-1110 or visit us at yourfinespine.com. Transportation is provided via Uber, and we are open late so your clients can come in after work. Auto accidents, wellness care, slip and fall. We take care of it all. We are back right here on the number one rated business show. I'm your host, KC Pride. And uh, joining me, like I told y'all, we got some breaking news coming out of South Georgia. Uh, joining me to the program, uh, she is running for mayor of Swainsboro, Georgia, and she will become the first black mayor there uh, ever. So this is not only historic, but uh, also we're going to talk about why this is so important to everybody else here in Georgia, uh, here in Georgia, in the Atlanta area, and everywhere else. Uh, so joining me to the program, uh, Miss Shana Boston. How we doing? How we doing today, Miss China? I'm doing well, Casey. How you doing today? I am doing good. I hear y'all got some scandals going on down there in Swainsboro now. Who's a lot going on in our city? Okay. Now, now, now first of all, uh, for the folks that might not know you or, or probably have not heard of Swainsboro, uh, let's put this in a little context. First of all, uh, where is Swainsboro, Georgia? Swainsboro is in what we call our uh, coastal regional area. Okay. So we're in the southeast part of Georgia. So just to make it a little bit more easier, we're in between Savannah and Macon, Georgia on I-16. So uh, now tell us a little bit about you, uh, Miss Boston, uh, because you are from Swainsboro. You were raised there, right? Yes, I'm from Swainsboro. I was raised in Swainsboro. My entire life went to all school, high school, graduate uh, graduate class of 1999 of Swainsboro High School. And then I went on to Clark Atlanta University, which is also a family tradition. We are AUC family. And then I left there and uh, began to get into the um, the tip service world because I went to school to be a teacher and decided to get into the business world. Okay. So um, through that, I went through the administration route because my father was an entrepreneur in Swainsboro and I was his secretary, <laughs> um, you know, my later years in high school. So I used that uh, foundation as to perfect my skills as an executive administrative professional. Okay. And then, uh-huh. Now, listening to some of the stuff coming out of uh, 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 Swainsboro, uh, your mayor, uh, and, 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 and just say it for us, so make sure I get it right. I don't want to mess the man's yeah. name. Schwabby. 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 Okay. 
So uh, Mayor Schwabi is now uh, all of a sudden stepping out of his race uh, and, and stepping down over some uh, racial comments that has been made. Uh, can you kind of lend a little light to that or tell us a little bit about this story? Yes, <clears throat> absolutely. And let me just say for the record that he didn't make any mention as to the derogatory comments that he made um, in his uh, because he put it in the both papers. We have two two papers in Swainsboro, and he announced his um, you know he, him coming out of and suspending his reelection campaign. Okay. And for the record, he has not put in that information with the um, the elections office. So, like I said, it's brand new. But what happened? It was a special call meeting on August 24th um, that only the council members uh, went to because it was a special call. And it was um, to discuss the American rescue uh, money that has come down to all the cities. And uh, Swainsboro, much like a lot of rural, uh, rural towns and cities in Georgia, possibly everywhere, where um, the African-American community has no idea that this money is here to be used for underserved and underprivileged and minority communities. Okay. And every time that they attempted to have a meeting, you know, the two two of the city council members would leave. Okay? Okay. And so what they were doing, they were having a Zoom meeting, uh, of course, because they're not meeting in person. And they were having a meeting, and because we have a council now of five instead of six, one of the um, council members resigned earlier this year due to health issues. And um, that left a five-person uh, council. So we have three African-Americans and we have two uh, white uh, council members. And there were some discussions, you know, about the budget that was approved, but they decided to, one of the black council members decided to rescind. Um, there was a hazardous act um, to reenact the hazardous pay of $2 for our frontline workers. And then there was a discussion about having our city employees wear masks for 30 days and subject them th themselves to testing if they don't have the vaccination. And this ruffled the feathers of the other two white council members. Okay. And you can tell um, the city administrator and the mayor. So they were having this meeting, and then all of a sudden the, the meeting went out. But they have a backup Zoom link. And so the backup Zoom link was picked up by the African-American city council members and the administ city administrator and the mayor. And um, they went on to have the meeting. Um, and you hear um, them say before they start back at the meeting is one of the council members call in and says, hey, I'm not coming back to the meeting because so-and-so and so-and-so are running the meeting, the two African, two of the African-American um, members. And he didn't realize that they could hear them still. Right. Okay. And so once they realized that they could hear them and see them, they started the meeting back with just the three members. And then a few minutes went by and then the mayor said, hey, I don't think we have a quorum. So I'm going to end the meeting. So, of course, the members were, um, you know, dissatisfied about that and felt some type of way and told them that he encouraged them. You know, we do have a quorum. We have the majority here, three out of five. And so they concluded the meeting anyway. They closed the laptop and everything, but they didn't cut off their a microphone. And in that microphone conversation, you hear, you know, the frustration of the city administrator and the mayor discussing um, their frustration with, you know, the other city council members. And they were alluding to, I don't think that this was a legal vote because of the quorum. And they asked, you know, the, you hear the city administrator ask, what do you want to do? And the mayor says, you know what this is? This ain't nothing but a damn monkey show. Mm. Uh, now, let's start right there. To the number one radio audience, this is the importance of Swainsboro. 
Yeah, um, for the most part, Georgia is a Democratic state at this point. Okay, but people like Kemp stay in power because of cities and towns like Swainsboro. Uh, okay. These rural areas is where these people win all of these seats. It does us no good to put a governor in office and then you got a Republican Senate that won't pass nothing. It does us no good to do the reverse. Okay, so what we have to do is we have to be concerned about all these races everywhere and making sure that the right people are in place. And anybody that sees black folks in 2021 as a damn monkey don't need to hold office for nothing. Okay, you can go back home with with you, you know, so whatever. So uh, this is this is it's just outlandish to me. In 2021, we still even talking about stuff like this. But Swainsboro right. is another one of those towns with that good old boy network that needs to be destroyed. And trust me, we coming for it. But yes. <laughs> uh, please just just tell us a little bit uh, about you and your candidacy uh, for mayor of uh, Swainsboro. Just uh, give us a little bit about what your intentions are and why you're running. Well, my why goes back to first being, you know, this being a dream of mine since seventh grade. Um, and one of the great things they did at our middle school was put in a program to where we they wanted us to learn about local government. And in doing so, we had to elect our own city council, and, of course, we had to elect our own mayor. And I was elected mayor of seventh grade. And at that point, I realized, hey, I think I could do this really, you know. And as a child, you suppress some things. You look at your environment and you wonder, how is this even going to be possible, you know. And so as an entrepreneur, after I decided um, – you know, um, when I was telling you about, I went into the temp service arena and became an executive administrative professional, working with uh, large and small corporations in Atlanta, working with women-owned, private-owned, black-owned uh, university systems, you name it. So it gave me a really good uh, background and foundation of business and the different types of business. Now, and, now, now mm-hmm. right there, uh, now there is somebody else in this race. Uh, yeah. Uh, and his name is, uh, I think, Greg Bennett. Correct. And uh, now he's also a, a big part of the business community as well. Right. Yeah. OK. Because uh, I, I, I want to make sure everybody see these clear pictures so we, we, we get it out here because you ain't the only person uh, left in this race. So we still got to fight to fight. Uh, but uh, his business experience is a little bit different than yours. Correct. Yes. So um, just let us. How can I put this? Because um, let's see. Tell us a little bit uh, about the other opponent in the race real quick uh, as far as uh, the business community and that type of thing in Swainsboro, Georgia. Yes. Um, he is a very successful business owner here in Swainsboro. Um, he has what we would call a monopoly on businesses. He has a liquor store. He has a gym. He has a um, laundromat. And he has a car wash, and he's also building right outside the city on 100 acres to provide, you know, to to begin building homes for people and those, of course, who are qualified to purchase homes. And he's also, more recently, the co-owner or uh, co-owner of the only other, uh, the only other newspaper in the city. Hold on. So, yeah. Hold on. So, if this guy wins the race, he'll control all the business. All the media and the government. You got it. So we you know why. It. So we know why you run. More running. of the same. 
<laughs> so we do get why you running for uh, yes. uh, 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 mayor of Swainsboro. See, this is the type of stuff that, that, that people need to start to understand. It ain't just a big city. Because a lot of times we all focus on these on these big cities and this type of stuff. But there's a lot of power out in rural America. And this is the type of stuff that happens in cities everywhere. And this is the type of stuff that we have to stop. Because there's a lot of folks in Swainsboro that are suffering behind stuff just like this. Yeah. Uh, business yeah. owners are losing. Uh, local business owners are losing jobs and things like that. So uh, you do face uphill battle. I'm not going to lie. And I hate to, to, to keep coming so abrupt in, in this, but we're running out of time in the show. Uh, yeah. Uh, one big thing. Uh, how do you plan on winning this? Because uh, you will actually become the first black mayor of Swainsboro ever, right? Right, and female. Oh, <laughs> I like how you threw that, that one. That in. Out. Yeah. <laughs> we got a piss up, so it's obvious that you're female. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, uh, that this this is going to be historic. Uh, so so just real quick. Uh, why is it? that you think we're going to be able to, uh, you're going to be able to pull this off. And what are we going to do for these folks here in Swainsboro? Yes, I'm the right person for the job because I can relate on all ends. Swainsboro is 63% African-American. And because we're business, business owners, we know numbers don't lie. We know if we invigorate, we inspire, we, we impress, we, we show and get them to visualize what a future in Swainsboro could be. Because of those American uh, rescue dollars that are coming to our city, not just our city, our county, will directly affect what we're able to do. We're able to bring in new um, programs for our youth, give them something to do. Swainsboro is an entertainment deficit. Like, we have nothing for our kids to do, let alone our adults to do. Wow. So by utilizing these dollars, we're able to create a new Swainsboro that they can begin to believe in, become a part of the, um, and become a part of the solution and our new, um, the future of our administrator, administration and government. Now, real quick, because my uh, producer about to play some music on you and he's going to catch up. Okay. <laughs> How can people start right now uh, donating to your campaign uh, so yes. we can hurry up and help get you uh, elected into office? Yes, Atlanta. I need your help. I need your help. Please go to shaynaboston.com. That's S-H-A-Y-N-A-B-O-S-T-O-N.com. It's a great big red donate button at the top of my webpage. And you can follow me on all my social media at Shayna Boston on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And find me on LinkedIn. All right. And uh, actually, Dr. Joel Eisen has been sitting here listening to you. So he uh, wants to have a conversation with you after this uh, as well. All right, y'all. It has been another uh, episode another wild ride uh, with the number one rated bit. I promise you, every week something happens. Uh, <laughs> but it has been another uh, uh, episode right here on the number one rated business show. We'll be back uh, next week. Follow me on uh, Instagram at I am KC Pride. Uh, you can follow me on uh, Facebook. I am KC Pride. Pretty much everywhere. Uh, we'll see y'all next week, same place, same time, and we are out. They roll through the town like a tailor But don't make a move till I say so Drop a few hits and I lay low Ever since I've been single My side chick wanna be magic She know I'ma make her famous Ever since I've been single My side chick wanna be magic Dodge a car like the Matrix Dodge a car like Steady on top Better believe They keep praying on my fall Y'all better believe I'ma die on top
better believe I just watch my ops team up Y'all better believe Y'all better believe Y'all better believe